Welcome back to another exciting week in the Web3 universe. I'm your host, The Mayor, and you're listening to the best NFT media-nominated NFT and Chill podcast, the show that discusses interesting topics with artists, creators, and thought leaders from the Web3 space. On this week's episode, we got Rich Cardona from NFT for Newbies. We'll be talking about mental health, investing, and separating the real life from Web3. So sit back and chill while we explore the exciting world of NFTs together. friend of mine in the space. You might know him from the NFT for Newbies podcast, Rich Cardona. Yeah, man. Uh, What's going on? Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, dude, like you mentored Heather and I uh, a lot. So I am a co-host of NFTs for Newbies. You may have heard the episode with Heather and then Ty's been on our show as well. Look, man, I'm, I'm a retired Marine who worked at Amazon for a little while and then decided to become an entrepreneur. And things were rocking and rolling in the entrepreneur world. And then all of a sudden, you know, V friends came out and I was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, Heather and I met in person and we started to, to make this podcast. We were literally no BS documenting the journey on a podcast of like our learnings and it caught, it caught fire and we're, we'll hit a million downloads in the next two weeks. So it's been a fascinating ride. Really getting to know people in the space has probably been the most interesting thing. People like you. For sure. I've been a huge fan of the podcast, big fan of both you and Heather. It's been a really good relationship in the space. And I think that's, you know, a really cool part of the NFT space is when it first came out, people thought, you know, everybody's behind their avatars and that it was going to be very impersonal. But I've found that it's been a very personal space and with in real life events and all that. I think people are connecting on a different level. That was like glaringly different for me when I decided to come into the space. When you're entering a space where you feel like everyone knows more about you. So if this is day one, like getting in the space, you're like, oh, shit, like, Everyone knows everything. No one's going to treat me right or they're going to judge me for not knowing whatever. And I know we've joked about it many times, but there's like this thing we never, we always reference from our podcast where Heather used to call Ethereum, Ethereum. Like she didn't even know how to pronounce it, but like we didn't care. That was just us. But when you started like talking to other people in the space, I found that there's this many creative people out here compared to the content I see on, on you know, social media generally. I was like, everyone seems so willing to help. This really feels like a movement. It really kind of is. At the same time, I'm just like, how much attention do I give to this? And how much do I just focus on what I'm trying to do? I would say it's inviting. It's obviously very community-based, but people are really willing to help. And we were just talking about it when we recorded yesterday. We have never had an incident in our Discord where someone like reported someone or DM'd us or a moderator or something like that and just been like, hey, like someone's out of control over here. Like never. There's never been any of that. And I'm like so proud of that. But yeah, man, like it's just a good new environment. And although it's not like a video chat like this, like you still get to know people just by their handles and how they show up. (laughs) And I think that's pretty cool. People's avatars, PFPs, handles, I mean, it is kind of their identity. Not every Discord is like the NFT Communities <laughs> Discord. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude, I know, I know. They all definitely have their own personality. Yeah, I've been a part of the Discord and you both are doing something really great. That would be something we can get into, you know, the real life aspect of NFTs, but also like how you personally cope with being in the space and how fast it moves and how if you step away, you feel like you're missing out. So how do you deal with all that? 
Yeah, man. Like, it's funny that you say cope because I would normally like challenge that word. It's not that bad, but it can be that bad, right? Then you know, man, because you are so dedicated. You know, there's points where my give a shit level is very high. And then there's also times where it's very low. And I would say even at the time of this podcast, it's kind of low because my business is scaling. I just told you about an issue we had with a client, but that's like my top client and that's a significant amount of revenue. So I had to put these fires out. I do podcast production, by the way. On that side, I'm like super focused, man. And like really refining our offers, our content and just all these things. And I'm even taking a break from social. I'm like, I'm just going to post once a month. All right, I'm just going to post once a month. The change has been incredible. We're really like building something. And at the same time, how do you turn your back, so to speak, on one of your best friends, a co-host of a great podcast, and then your community? Like, how do you do that? And then how do you kind of disavow yourself of looking at all the projects that are coming out and all the hype? And I'm in a couple of WhatsApp groups where people are like, dude, did you guys see this? And I'm just like, no, like I, I just... I have to mute it for a week at a time. And then when that week comes around, I mute it again. <laughs> but the thing is this, man, there is a very definitive point where you have to look at, is this action or the last couple hours I spent moving me closer to my goals or not? And right now, I have very certain financial goals. And although NFTs can certainly help me get there if I was playing that game, it's better for me to just focus on something I know I have a little bit more control over. It's super hard, man, because as our knowledge has increased, as we've met people like you and all the projects and the partners that we've had and supported, it's kind of like, dude, I hope they don't think I suck because I'm just kind of like uninvolved for periods. But I have to do that because I know it probably means dollars, right? Like dollars that I'm not captivating on or money that I'm leaving on the table or a client that I'm not taking care of. Like there's always something more you could do for your client or your customer or anything like that. So it's like, I have to show myself at at least right now, what does it look like if I'm just laser fucking focused, man? Really? So that balance is really tough. And at the same time, there's those periods where I'm like on OpenSea, I'm looking at projects, I'm looking at Discord, and I'm looking at what people are talking about. And I'm like, like oh man, like I don't want to miss out on this. You know, Just like we all do. No matter how much we talk about not having FOMO, we all got it. It's a delicate balance. But I would say it's okay to have seasons, right? Like whoever you are, you could have your own seasons. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks or what anyone says. I guess it's a little bit different for someone in your case. If you are literally like part of a project, you know, that's a responsibility. But if you're the common person, so to speak, like me, then it's okay to have your seasons. No one's going to hate you. I have to say, I've not got any bad feedback. Do it your way. I think you'll be forgiving of yourself. All those are great points. Every collector and person in the space is different. You know, even myself. And you do this too. When you buy into a project, it's a project that you believe in. And, sure. you know, you're more of a holder and, and a participator. And then there are people who kind of day trade, I guess you could say, and flip. Yep. And, yep. Um, there's all sorts of, you know, styles in this space. And there's no yep. wrong way to do it. It's it's kind of Web3. It's very open. 100%. Uh, you know, that it's funny that you brought that up with, you know, kind of taking steps away because mental health has been you know, a very big deal in the space. And I recently, for the first time since becoming full-time in Web3, took time off. Like I was 27 since October. Good for you, dude. I took a week off. I was like, man, I got to get out of (laughs) here. My mental health was wearing. So, you know, I took a trip to uh, Savannah. Nice. Yeah. you know, Great city. It was really great. And it was really great for my mental health to reset. And I think... You can get very overwhelmed in the space, especially mm-hmm. like if you're 
constantly on Twitter and constantly trying to not miss things and in discords, especially for people who are involved with projects and stuff. You know, people need to gauge what's important and take time to turn your phone off, you know, step away. You said you took a look at your priorities and you figured out what, what was important. Mm-hmm. And I think for everyone, mental health is definitely a big deal for sure. Yeah, man, like priorities and interests, sometimes they converge and sometimes they don't. I don't really watch TV, but someone told me, if you love, I'm a big Breaking Bad fan. I have like a thing back here. Someone's like, you never watched Better Call Saul? I'm like, nah. So I started watching it and I'm like, I freaking love this. (laughs) And I'm not the type of dude who will sit and watch a couple episodes or anything like that. But I did recently. And I was like, I completely enjoyed it. That's an interest, right? But is that a priority? No. So I know if I do that every day, it's not going to work out. Now, what you're saying, and, and I agree with you fully, is that if you immerse yourself in this Web3 world where things are changing so fast, like you have never had a job that moves that fast, right? Like you have never had a hobby that moves and evolves that fast. Like you have never had an interest that moves and evolves this fast. You literally, you could have come back from that week feeling rejuvenated and also been like, what the hell just happened? It's like that. So there's new information, new players, new projects, uh, new out like OpenSea buy with a card now. It's like, okay, I didn't even know that happened until I was looking at my OpenSea the other day. I was like, what? Where that plays a part in mental health. And I'll tell you straight up, like I take my mental health so seriously because I was in the Marines and there's some lingering effects of stuff I saw and been through and people I I know and lost. So I'm like, all right, I never really took care of myself. I kind of did what we had to do. And a lot of us are like that. But now, man, like I'm the dude that gets up at four, which is nuts to people. But I get up at four. I have a about three hours to do whatever the hell I need to do. That includes gym, that includes like some visualization for like business stuff and reading and I have breakfast and I am set, dude. Like I am set. So when the girls wake up, I'm ready. That's mental health for me, right? So the other thing is I have a thing I use called the power list for work, which is like the only five things I need to do today to win, right? I'm not going to put 12. I'm not going to put 14. I'm not just going to get to a point where there's just like this overflowing list of shit that I'm never going to get to. So I limit Sometimes I win, sometimes I lose, win more than not. And the other thing is I spend 45 minutes a day outside no matter what, like just because, especially like thinking about like Web3 stuff, like you could just literally be inside forever. So that balance is hugely important to just show up. And I don't mean show up for your team. I don't mean show up for your clients. I I just mean to like just show up as you want. You know how it is, dude, when you've like pulled an all-nighter and discords or anything like that. And maybe you're just kind of like groggy or foggy or whatever you want to call it the next day. And you're like, that wasn't my best. I'm showing up lethargic hell trying to keep up with this environment is insane you know plenty of people who said just what you said which is like i need i need to reset <laughs> and it's because of that man point is if you started uh tie a workout regimen tomorrow that included running 10 miles a day or something for whatever reason your body's gonna probably tell you like nah man well your brain in this environment is gonna tell you the same thing like pump the brakes like you're missing little stuff you're not showing up as you want you're not getting enough sleep and some of this stuff is stuff that you are discovering that you don't actually care about. Some of these new pieces of information are like, that actually doesn't matter. I, I hung around for that. <laughs> so yeah, man, <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I'm at. 
you know, setting small goals each day is is huge too. Because when you accomplish that, I mean, that helps in the mental health, but it also helps momentum. It's you just feel like I'm literally on a roll. And let me just say one more thing about that. There's times where I finish that list at 11 a.m. and I'm like, I could do whatever I want if I want to go pick up my daughter early from school and be like, we're going to the movies. I could do that. But anyway, yeah, man, like that momentum, I, I feel like it's different than playing catch up, which is what we always feel in Web three. By the way, everyone, I'm I'm not like anti NFT or Web three or anything like that. I mean, I have an NFT podcast. I'm just saying like, I want to share some of the stuff that people don't necessarily address. No, I think talking about mental health in the space and just having a plan is Mm -hmm. essential. Just having goals and a little bit of a structure in the space is a good thing because you get to a point where your mental health is not doing well and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's almost too late. Getting ahead of all that is amazing. I've never really been into the FOMO in this space. We're definitely so early that there's always going to be opportunities and it might not be opportunities in the PF P side of NFTs, you know, we're kind of like trying to figure this whole thing out. Yeah, the collectibles are, are huge right now. Because I was listening to Kevin O'Leary. He was talking about that the market cap on NFTs in five years is going to be like $100 trillion. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It's just corporations and the everyday aspect of it hasn't been realized yet. Businesses just haven't figured out how to use NFTs. Yes. So once we get to that point, it's going to be mainstream. Yeah. I read a really good thread the other day and it just kind of talked about all different types of industries and it was all hypothetical, but this person in five years, these are how things are going to look. Banks are going to figure out they could do XYZ. Real estate agents are going to figure out they could do XYZs. DMV, you know, or government agencies are going to figure out they could, you know, whatever, like all these things. And it's just like, we say a lot on our podcast that like you're only limited by your imagination or when we do an IG live and someone's like, Hey, I'm thinking about a project. It's like, dude, you could literally do whatever it is you want. But yeah, man, like so much of what you're saying is true in terms of we have not realized and other people have not realized what can be. We were just talking about this yesterday. There's probably going to be one thing that simplifies how to get into the space. I don't know what that is. There's going to be something that's going to probably just be like, whoa. And then all of a sudden, people are going to be so less afraid or reluctant. And then the interest is probably going to spike like big time. And we're going to be around for that. You know, I just want to make one comment. You're like, you don't feel FOMO. And I was like, I was looking behind you at your base fish and I got one too, the the posters, but I'm like, I wouldn't feel FOMO if I was like part of a project like that either, like coming in. <laughs> like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, that's how it should be done. We use you guys all the time as examples. Yeah, man. Um, I, I completely get what you're saying. I've noticed when get through into this FOMO phase, and I've been trading stocks for 10, 15 years, the emotional part of trading and like watching floors and just worrying about an asset every minute of the day, checking constantly, that left my side of investing a very long time ago. And you know, the FOMO too, because especially in this space with how fast it moves, you miss something a couple days later, another thing pops up. I've also noticed that people get into trouble when they move too quickly and FOMO plays a lot into that as well with like scams. Uh-huh. When I was listening to the Kevin O'Leary thing, what he, what he was saying kind of was blowing my mind. Like mm-hmm. what he was saying was with watches, how expensive watches are when 
they get sold on the secondary market, $60,000 for certain Rolexes and stuff like that. The technology of NFTs being able to verify it, you know, on the blockchain. And like, let's say Rolex, every time they made a watch, because it's so unique, they mint an NFT to go with that. Yeah. And he was saying that technology alone is going to be mainstream and it's going to go into everything. I never thought of that. Yeah, clothing, all of that. And I was like blowing my mind. So when I, when we look at the space, it's so, or so early and everybody's kind of just scrambling. It's very disorganized. You know, there isn't regulation yet. That's how early we are. Dude, I never thought of that. I'm just thinking about, yeah, man, like, like even. I don't know, let's say a Bugatti, right? Like you could, let's say you could afford a Bugatti or whatever. And like maybe the records of like all this maintenance were attached to it or I don't know what, yeah. right? Like something that simple to be like, have you taken good care of this car? We could use a regular example, maybe a Toyota freaking Avalon or something. But this thing hasn't been in any, in any accidents. Cool. Like you got oil changes when you're supposed to. Cool. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Maybe there's a way to have that actually verified. Yeah, man. Like I never really thought of it like that. I wanted to talk about one thing real quick uh, since we were kind of talking about FOMO. Yeah. I want to just make a point that has benefited me. And I think you're kind of similar, which is I just don't look at my stuff very often. I don't even have like a suspicion if it's doing well or not. I just don't look because you were talking about how you've been investing for so long. Well, as I've been looking into investing, which I have not traditionally been an investor, the more I learn, especially as an entrepreneur, they're like entrepreneurs, like you're in the business, you're hardworking and all this stuff. With investing, it should not be like that. It should be low work. It should be like, let it grow. And see what happens. Someone made the comparison like Warren Buffett doesn't have like monster like wins. Like he just has good wins consistently. And that's why it is the way it is. If there's anyone who's ever been like really checking on your stuff, unless you truly plan on flipping it anytime soon, then it's probably just better overall for you to just not even mess with it. Especially because if it had a huge gain within 12 months and you tried to flip it, you're going to have to eventually pay taxes on that. You wait the 12 months and you'll be better off paying like half the taxes on that gain. Yeah, man. Like, I just don't look. I'm happy, super happy with what I got. I mean, like, I don't have much. You know, I have base fish, I have deadheads, I have V friends and, and some founders keys and a couple other things. And I'm really happy with the project. It's almost of no importance to me what it's doing here in the short term. And that has really, really helped me out. And I will tell you, the last time I checked my stuff, I think like 95% of it was down and the 5% that were up were way up. And I'm like, good, cool, later. Like, see you later. I don't care. <laughs> you know, so that's just how I. I feel like I felt like it was worthwhile to mention. I'm glad you brought up Warren Buffett. That's who inspired me in like trading and how I go about trading. If you're in this space, you should have long-term plays and short-term plays. Yeah. Your long-term plays should be projects, teams, communities that you believe in. And your short-term plays should be that, like what they are. You're there yeah. to make money. So yeah, not looking at those assets constantly is the way to play the long-term plays. 100%. Um, set it and forget it. Put those investments on a shelf. You know, that's investing 101. If you are an experienced investor, if you listen to people like Warren Buffett and mm-hmm. like Kevin O'Leary and stuff like that, that's how you're supposed to play it. You know, with the capital gains you were talking about, if you hold something 12 months, you pay half the taxes <laughs> yes. on a short term gain. Yes. Which is what I kind of strive for. <laughs> yes, 100%. If you have a long term project that you believe in, you should not be checking floor every single day and worry 
worrying about the price of something that you purchased because you liked the project, mm-hmm. you liked the community, you liked the team, you know, you believed in it. Yeah. Now, with short-term plays, that's a different story. Because yeah. everybody should be trying to make money in this space, but you just you have to figure out what are your short-term plays and mm-hmm. what are your long-term plays. And I think once you get in that mindset, you'll be a lot better off in the space for sure. So yeah, it sounds like you're <laughs> doing the, yeah, the right thing. Dude, it's just chill for me, man. And yeah. I, I will say I read something yesterday on I think it was like Bankless newsletter or something for I'm not a short term dude, but there was a really good point. And it was like, let's just say you bought into something at like three ETH or something ridiculous. You know, it's down to like 0.9. You could sell. You could sell so you could at least salvage something and maybe reinvest into something, maybe get a couple more fish or I don't know what, right? And I never think like that, but it really made a lot of sense. This could go two ways. That thing could work its way back up or chances are it probably won't. So just salvage it and reinvest into something else. Just holding on because the investment was so high is kind of crazy, man. You know what I mean? Like maybe you put $25,000 to remodel this home, but the rest of the neighborhood is shit. Dude, it's probably not going to like go to the moon, right? So, you know, just think about it. And I was like, wow, I've never considered selling just to salvage something and to reinvest. And I thought that was a good point. So it's a complete opposite of like flipping when something's really hot, looking at it when it's down and being like, okay, like I'll cut my loss. I don't have to have enough pride to be like, I can't believe I spent that much. And it's now now worth this much to be like, I'm holding it like it's gonna win. Like you don't have to do that. There's so many intricacies in investing because it's like, you know, you don't want to sell when it's going down. You want to typically buy low, sell high. But you also have to look at, like you said, is this not going to come back up? Yeah, there are definitely a lot of intricacies. You know, there's no like cookie cutter answer for every single thing. Yeah, we definitely got a little bit into the weeds on investing, which was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Rich, there's been a lot of great information in this show. So I really want to thank you for coming on. NFT for Newbies has been kind of an inspiration for my show. I loved doing the episode with you guys. Yeah, man. That was a real pleasure. There were so many other shows that I jumped on after that. Just, I love doing it. I want to thank you for everything you both are doing in the space. It was funny when Heather was on, she was kind of interviewing me. I love that. Yeah. That's so (laughs) Um, funny because I actually had questions for you and I'm like, no, man, like it's his show. It's his show. Stop being a podcaster. It's his show. Be a guest. Be a guest. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. So this was a huge pleasure. I think the listeners are going to get a lot out of this episode. So I want to thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, man. Good luck with the podcast. Let us know what you need. Guys, Like, if you have not rated and reviewed this podcast, like podcast is a ton of work. So I'm going to tell you guys so he doesn't have to. Just give the positive feedback if you're enjoying it and getting anything out of it. Ty is super ridiculous stand-up guy in the Web3 world. And it was a pleasure to be on, man. Thank you so much, Rich. And that's it for the show. I want to thank my guest, Rich Cardona, for coming on from NFT for Newbies podcast. Uh, This was a real fun show. Rich is great people in the space. Check out their podcast. Jump in their Discord. It's incredible for education. It's not just for newbies. It's just, it's a great community. It's worth checking out. And of course, I want to thank everyone for listening, supporting the show, writing reviews, following the show on platforms. That's huge. We got a lot of amazing guests coming. I'm the mayor, and you've been listening to the NFT and Chill podcast. <laughs>